All right, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 11 of the Watson and Alex show. Uh, for those of you guys who may have noticed, there's been a little bit of a hiatus that Watson and I have taken from recording some episodes. Both of us have started some new roles in product and wanted to focus on doing a lot of that relationship building and and absorbing and drinking from that fire hose in the beginning of our of our new roles. And we took a break, but we are we are back at it. And so today we decided because we're 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 both starting to look at documentation software in our new roles. Is Jira, Notion, or just fuck it, something on your own? What do you use to do those those jobs? Why do you use that software for? What's important with it? And so I'm going to, I get to ask Watson the first question. What are you using right now? I mean, right now is probably the right question to ask because I've used so many different pieces of software over my course as a PM. We've, at Google, it was all proprietary software. But then as I got, once I got out of Google and into other startups, it's been, everything and we've tried jira we've done notion we've done um asana usually we switch between things that companies are usually not happy with it and then we switch and then we're still not happy with it so yeah there's been a lot of different experiments right now um actually using a tool called height for engineering roadmap planning height height h-e-yeah h-e-i-g-h-t i had never used it before it's I've like never I've never heard of that. And you briefly told me it was a new one before we before we started recording. Is it hype? Is it hype height? I don't know. What it's like I can't even tell the difference. It's like it's it's kind of like I would say it's more similar to Asana than or linear, maybe. It's not like Jira in terms of its sophistication, so it's like a lot easier to use. I would say I actually kind of like it, but I think the important the thing that I'm the way I think about it now, my latest point of view on this is that it kind of depends on what you're, what are you talking about? We're talking about roadmap planning and, and sprint management. There's, in my mind, there's two things. There's, there's the engineering piece. So like just managing sprints. Engineers are your main user there. Obviously product managers are using it too because they're teeing up projects. But the real, the, the real benefiter of that is are the engineering team because they need to plan and keep track of who's assigned what and look at subtasks and have something connected to their code base. You can look at change requests and all that. And then there's the other piece, which is from the product perspective, we're the main customers of, because we're trying to broadcast our roadmap. We look, we're going to look at our roadmap, we're going to look at our backlog, we're going to communicate that backlog to other PMs, or to stakeholders. And for that right now, I'm using Google Docs. So I've, I've, fully, <laughs> I've like fully regressed <laughs> back to the mean. <laughs> I have yeah. some thoughts about that too, but yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you using, Alex? Right now, we were using nothing when I when I started my, my new role, and but we were using Azure DevOps, as our software development tool, which I had never used before in my career, didn't know anything about it. Uh, and apparently if you, you look and read about what Microsoft is saying, they're actually going to deprecate all of that for, for favor of GitHub. <laughs> and they're, they're going to put all their marbles on that because they, they acquired it, but DevOps is still live. So that, and it's, it's a, it's a Jira clone. It's, it's pretty similar to that with code, code base getting connected. And so that, that's where we're using now for, from a software standpoint. And then we didn't have a documentation tool. And so I found myself asking the question, what do I want this documentation tool to solve for me? Right. And I think each of the different ones out there solve a slightly different problem. And so it's almost, it's almost like the, the software that you decide to pick <laughs> is ultimately going to be the one that kind of represents the type of company you are, right? I, I, and so for, for, for us, we ended up going with Confluence, 
because it's something that that just worked really well to publicize information. The problem that we had was that the company was not able to see what the vision is across the board. And it's not that we didn't have a vision, it's that it lived in Microsoft Docs or in a Microsoft SharePoint site where you have to sniff around and find the doc and, and things like that. And and so uh, from that standpoint, it's it's helping to solve a transparency problem, which is really, really key. And, and as far as I'm concerned, that's actually all that matters to me from, from the product standpoint. Is this software able to be transparent enough with the whole organization where it also drives collaboration? And so I'll add that extra piece on the collaboration because... W- I really like in Confluence and Notion can do this too. And all it's a pretty base feature, but I really like that you can highlight something and comment about it. Like that's, that's really strong. And, and as much, as much as I love the fact that Notion, you just click on something and you can edit it almost immediately. And there isn't any restrictions on Confluence. You have to actually hit an edit button before you start editing a page. But, but instead Confluence is more encouraging you to highlight something and make a comment. And, and, and start kind of that exchange with people. And, and that's what I've been asking people to do. Hey, read, read the stuff that I'm generating, read these artifacts. So, so I, I like it from that standpoint. So are, are you writing Google Docs at all? Are your product specs in Confluence too? What, like to what degree are you using Confluence? So, so it's, a, it's a good question. I am full, there is not a single thing that I write that I'm not using Confluence as the home base for is what I'll say. So for example, I might have a Miro workflow that I've used for that because Miro is a great tool for, for making workflows and visuals from that sense. And it's inexpensive to, to, to use and have. But I, that Miro displays nicely in Confluence. I just put it into Confluence and it becomes part of my Confluence page. Beyond that, Figmas are also, from a from design team standpoint, really effective at getting the visual into the Confluence stock. You can just embed your Figma and people can engage with it as long as you get your permissions correct. And then beyond that also, one of our challenges we had with transparency around what tickets are being worked on, what 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 work is, is in their queues. It's got a really nice integration with Jira and I can just make a jQuil query to show what are our current things, that what are current tickets we're working on, what's in what priority, and, and you can just increase that visibility. And in fact, I, I didn't know you could do this, but I actually was able to embed a request maker on the same page where we're showing our queue. So if you're in the queue, you're looking at it you're like, oh, this request, I haven't written it yet. You can literally on the Confluence page, add that request and see it get added to the queue, which I think is is kind of cool. So for it's really solving that problem for me. The The only part that's annoying is, is the sharing of the licenses and getting that all in order within the organization. And... Do you feel like the adoption has been pretty good within the organization? I mean, people actually use it, and, or do you have to still bundle it up? Like if, some, so, if someone in non, in non-EPD asks you a question about where are things in the roadmap or whatever, are they going to be able to, they actually use it or are you still having to bundle it up and communicate it? So the answer is it depends, right? <laughs> for me, For me, it depends on who I'm talking to and whether or not I... I think it's necessary to just make sure they receive the information really well in a single setting. For example, our CEO, I don't say to him, go into Confluence and see it yourself. What You don't need me to sit here and tell you about it. No, I'm going to spend time with him, make sure he really understands it because that's important. He's, he's a really important stakeholder to understand it. 
However, many of the directors and VPs, they asked me, hey, what's going on? It's like, go here, read about it, add comments for me, then let's talk, right? Uh, let, me, let me talk about Amazon for a second. And uh, you've heard me mention this before. Amazon it, it has a really strong meeting culture when it comes to writing something first, right? You're, you're supposed to come into a meeting with, hey, everyone's prepared. I've read this memo about what we're talking about. Great. Everyone knows what's up. Now let's talk about it. And in a sense, I'm, I'm trying to drive that behavior to say, why don't you read the doc all the way through and then let's talk about it. Yeah. How, how, how are, how's your adoption? How, how is everybody engaging with yours? Well, yeah, for us, we've basically made it so that height, this total reasoning for all the stories and tasks, subtasks, all the bugs. It's really, the, it's really a PM and engineering tool. It's only used by PMs and engineers. It's, it's PMs use it to see the roadmap, what's coming up for engineers so that they can just kind of take from the list. We use it also to see what's actually in progress, what the due dates are, things are blocked. Right. We check in on- Are you writing your requirements? Bugs. Are you writing your requirements in there too? Or your user Only for small stuff. That? Small stuff, yeah. If it's like a feature, a smaller feature, there's a description field and I'll write it, I'll write it there. And then there is a comments field. People use comments like certain questions. So small stuff goes there. All the bugs, like every bug description goes in there. And so, yeah, we, it's pretty effective. We run our sprints that way. It's how I track, keep track of what's going on like with any engineering team. But then no one outside of, of product engineering design, not even design really looks at it. I think that's an interesting one. And, and I, mean, I'm a, I love making sure ops can see things, right? And a big part of the, that engagement is making sure they get the visibility. And yeah, I need a tool that ops can handle and it's easy to use and it's easy to engage with. And that it doesn't matter to them understanding what a, a ticket is, what they understand is this task is being worked on that relates to me. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and so, so I, I love, I love that a lot of these tools do, do really solve that. If you were to pick one that was the best at writing product requirements in, I will give you my top two, which is Notion and Confluence. I, I think both of those tools are good, good, if not great for for writing product requirements documents and even making your own internal templates that you can then use which can flow up in a nice way and you can can see those documentation really well w what works for you i mean i'm maybe i'm old school but i still feel you're like gonna google say google docs, docs. The, you're yeah, gonna say google docs <laughs> yeah because it's the easiest thing to write in but i think it matters of how big the organization is like if it's a small product team of not that many junior product managers you can get away with Google Docs because you're not really going to enforce a template for those people. You don't, you don't need to. And I think it's just easier to open Google Doc and write a one pager. But when I've gotten in organizations that have been larger, Zeus was like that one at one point. And we had to rely more on templates because we needed some. What's, kind of, large, needed what's large enough? What's large enough? Probably depends on the number of. Yeah, I guess it's a good question. I guess it's bigger than five or six PMs, then maybe bigger than. 25 engineers, 30 engineers. So you have multiple pods running at once that are relatively, in, in, you know, that's probably where the threshold is where you want some sort of standardization. Like this is how a product spec looks and works and feels here. I think there's, there, there's a twofold approach here. So one, it, it's going to depend on what level of talent you have in your PM team and whether or not they can do stuff ad hoc, right? Do you have a bunch of seniors or are they juniors who need that help? So I think the templates can come in as early as possible 
because it can help guide the thought process of someone who's still learning how to do the role. Yeah, if it's you and one junior PM, you may want to give them a template. Right, right, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So I I don't want to just disregard templates completely. I think they're important for the right use case. However, for me, it's it's like, let's start using something more standardized. I think when you get to your third pod, like once you get to a third pod, it's no longer one person talking to one other person to, to get coordination. Once it becomes three people having to coordinate or three managers or three different teams, I think at that stage, you start to consider, well, how do I standardize and make sure that we're all talking consistently? Because certainly certainly at four, that's where you can get disjointed. So if you're not starting to figure it out once you get to three, you get to four and you're already, you can become a mess. It's like that, that's, that's what matters to me is not necessarily how many PNs, PMs there are, but how many different engineering teams, right? How many times, Watson, have you managed two or three different pods with alone as, as an individual? And, or you've got three PMs that are managing five or six pods. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. Because then you have people, even people moving between pods. And you, have, you just have, you need people to be able to read and understand what's going on in other pods sometimes. So yeah. I think that I, that does make sense. That, and that, um, that that's also a critical one there is, is like that self-service thing of like other people could just read and see what's going on with the other pods. That That's definitely a, a muscle, a skill set that people have to get used to that. So many people are used to to getting spoon fed things through like, oh, I had a meeting and they gave it to me, right? Yeah, yeah. A exactly. big a big thing that's important to me in these tools is also trying to build that asynchronous culture, right? That that part where it's expected that everyone's going to take a look at this thing, right, and asynchronously review it, and so uh, it's just. Tools that are really effective for that, I think, are always going to be important and, and dominate. I do find it really interesting, though, that Notion, I think, has more beautiful tables. The way their tables work is is really different to the way tables work in Confluence and some of the other solutions, and even within Jira itself. Yeah, how I'd... how do how do Excel tables really matter to you? For me, it doesn't matter too much. So it didn't it didn't wasn't too important, but I think that can vary. I mean, yeah, I guess Excel tables, well, I use them all the time just for quick analysis and stuff like that. But for organization, um, I think I think what you said, Notion is really good. Actually, Notion Notion is really great at, at connecting. I've created, so we, had, we, we, we worked together. We had this too, like just cr- like connecting databases of things. Like, so if you're going to, yes. if you want to like, maybe a really good example is experiments. So maybe not product requirements, but let's say you're running a bunch of experiments in a company. And you want to have every experiment meets some sort of small experiment spec. Notion databases are great for that because not only can you create a template for those specs so they're really short and they get to the point, you can specify it. You always have to find the country and the, the rollout and the success metric, but it you can have fields like what status is this in, how long is that exactly. run, also, yes. and what country is it in, whatever. And so you can have a table that you can really quickly see and actually manage. You can manage those sort of things like you would manage it in Jira or Confluence but in a more lightweight way. So I think Jira's, I mean, Notion's great for that. And I would go go one step further. We we had used Notion for the knowledge base as, as a knowledge base feature, and it was phenomenal for that too. It was, it was yeah. really nicely structured in being able to not only summarize the entire knowledge base in multiple different ways as its own quote-unquote database, but also finding the content you needed was pretty easy. So I give Notion the win on that. Notion definitely gets the database win 100%. 
maybe not as much on the commenting win, but definitely on the database win for sure. Are what there any other found, ones? Well, I was just going to ask you, maybe so maybe we'll come up in this question, but how, how do you manage workload with design teams? Do they use components too? We found that it has to be uh, that is, like, how do you, so, so I have found that I like, I like using my notion or confluence or whatever page and start to work on my product requirements there and then ask my designer to also add to that page, everything that they're working on so that we have one central place. And so you asked me earlier, are people adopting it? It depends on if I'm successful at getting all the most relevant and important information in one place. So if I am successful at getting each of the individual teams to use that same place to document what they're doing, even if it's just the Figma link, right? People go there to find the Figma link. Uh, it, it can be, uh, it can drive adoption because it's the only place to go. And that's, that's I, I made a monopoly, so that's why I won type of thing, right? I, and the monopoly is you can only go here to find this. Uh, and I think that forces adoption. And so when it comes to my designers, uh, oftentimes I'm, I'm asking them to use that same product page and I'm taking notes on that and open questions and next design steps and which phase we're trying to be on or where are we focusing on what experience we're doing. So from that standpoint there, but also I find that designers like Monday. How about you? Have you Monday. seen designers like Monday? Actually, I've never, I've never worked on Monday. What, no, how would you, so what's that may, quick Maybe just I, I, I was over-indexed. I think Monday is an excellent project management tool. It's a task master. Airtable might be a, a, a comparable one as well to that, but it really great at tracking tasks, getting updates on tasks, assigning tasks to people. What what did we put on at Zeus to do that? We we put one that had some automation. Uh, what was the? It was one of the first projects we did together. I can't remember the name of the the software. Click up, click up, That's it. ClickUp was a has a, was a really interesting hybrid in the sense that it it tracked tasks but also helped automate tasks. And so Monday doesn't do that, at least to my to my knowledge. But yeah, from that standpoint, I think Monday's a really nice basic place to to track tasks. That's what it's great for. Yeah, for designers, I I yeah, I love to try that. My experience has been that in general, it's hard to think about design work in a backlog sometimes, like in terms of how you would normally manage it for Yeah. Because yeah, it could be exploratory. You know, sometimes, sometimes designers are working on specific design tasks for a product feature that's in the backlog. Sometimes it's like, we just need to explore this problem space more before we even know what yeah. we want to do. Let's do a let's do a fig jam. Let's do a fig jam. Have you seen exactly. the fig jams? That's a, that's yeah. one of their newest features. I, I I had one a designer do a fig jam with me, and I was like, oh okay, this is kind of like Miro, but um, yeah. Figma, but in the tool know. that designers really like a lot. Yeah, Figma. exactly. Yeah. So try to try to be an all-in-one God app that has all yeah. the things you need, which yeah. is which is always good. So we are we are definitely getting getting close to time. I do want to ask one last thing. I think Watson, you are a fuck it person. Google Docs for a lot of this work. Am I fair to say that? Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm jaded yeah. in my experience, but yeah. <laughs> I am a use the tool that integrates with other stuff really well. So I, that's important to me. And so I think between the, the, those standpoints, it's like, what problem are you really trying to solve here? And I want to make sure that I've got a, a one-stop shop place to land people. And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a say Notion or Confluence both solve that problem. I, I don't prefer the Google Doc path. Now, I will, I will open it up to this. Has anybody started doing AI tools for this yet? I haven't seen one. I, th I think Notion had announced that they were going to start to try to integrate some AI solutions, right? Yeah. 
I, I don't see Atlassian doing it on Confluence anytime soon. I, I think they'll be the slowest to adopt it. Yeah, um, for years. <laughs> no, they, they are the behemoth at this point, right? But yeah. uh, ov- overall, I don't think anybody's crushed the AI solution. Google Docs obviously has AI plugins that you can use. But maybe that's a, that's a good product idea for somebody out there to try. Can you make me a, a, a AI native notion? <laughs> just, just keep track of everything we're doing. Read all of our stuff. We're going to be disorganized, but you organize it for us. Just tell what's going yeah. on. Yeah, or, or, or organize this onto a, a central timeline. Take all the information we've put in here, put it together, and make recommendations as to maybe what other things we could put on our roadmap. Yeah, I mean, I think it works if the, if that if that system can be in all of your meetings and talk and discussions. Like, imagine you just right. need like a personal assistant who's following you around in all of your Slacks, right. emails, and meetings, and yeah. taking notes of everything. Then maybe. They can, can like take the insights you're talking about and basically be like, okay, this, you're, ta- you're saying a project's delayed. Okay, great, I'll move it back. And like, it, uh, there, there are there is a creepy solution that's capable of doing that right now. It's 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 called Rewind. Oh uh, yeah, uh, okay, no, and, I've heard of it. And I've I mentioned them maybe three or four months ago when they were more a concept and not a reality. They're real now. And I've well, yeah, put re- I've I've put Rewind on my work computer. And to be clear, I told my boss first. But I put rewind on my work computer. That thing listens to everything, every chat, every every conversation I do through my computer, and it's also capable of of just recording the audio from my mic on my computer when I'm in a meeting. And it and it has access to my calendar, so it knows when I'm in a meeting and it knows when I'm not in a meeting. And the mic recording only goes on when I'm in a meeting. I'm an AI curious person. I want to use the tools and understand them, and. It's summarized sometimes it, it's heard enough and it summarizes my meetings for me at the end, which is which is really nice in the sense that it doesn't matter if I was on Zoom or Teams or on a real phone call, right? It summarizes, which is really nice because the AI assistants that are who who is who's putting meeting summaries? It was the 365, Microsoft. Microsoft was putting their their assistants saying, Oh yeah, we'll do meeting summaries for you in Teams. I I got that as a third party tool, which I think is great. So from that standpoint, I think that's awesome. What they haven't done yet is allow, and you can like search back through what's happened in your day and ask its chatbot questions of what was I talking about yesterday on this topic? And it'll return it back. What it's not yet doing is making recommendations. Yeah, that's the power. That's, um, that's and, and you know, that's the next step. And, and to be clear, this is all run locally. It It's not, the the software runs locally on your computer. It does not go out to get the answers, right? It's it's running the model on your on your laptop. And so that runs a little slow for that reason. And I literally get an update for it every day. <laughs> they're updating it every day. I was gonna say I heard about them recently because they just came out with the thing that they were doing with their it's like a pendant or you can wear on your neck. Have you seen that? That they have that? Oh man, I need to, I need to try this. It soon. You can pre-order it, but it had a lot of backlash because people were thinking, <laughs> talking about the Google Glass incident where people were walking on Google Glasses and getting beat up because the people thought they were recording them. So people walking around pendants on their around their neck and recording everything they're saying. People are getting freaked out about that. Um, I love this. You can, they could be as freak it out. They could be as freaked out as they want. This is awesome. <laughs> Someone might grab yours and chuck it over the fence. But <laughs> pre-order today for $60. I mean, not only is this just the ultimate spy tool, but it's today, I think that that idea of no one's listening is bullshit. Your phone is listening, guys. Yeah, man. Your phone is listening. That. It's always listening. 
this idea that people think, oh, someone's always, no, you just know about it. You didn't know about it before, but it's always been happening. So relax. But that is, that is super cool. I, I would love to see this pendant pipe solution into Notion or Jira or Confluence in some kind of way. That, that would be sweet. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So then you can just keep talking as a product manager. You can just, you can just take, on da take data, make decisions, have conversations, and then all the dirty work behind the scenes is taken care of by something like this. But I love until it. then, I'm going Will you back buy to me one? Docs. Will you buy me one for Christmas? <laughs> a Christmas gift, yeah. As long as you don't wear it in my presence. That's the rule. You get to take it off when you enter my front door. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> off like a basket at my front door. You can pull the pendants and go in. All right, we're out of time, Alex. I'll, should, I, should I conclude us? So yeah, this is, this is a good conversation. I think we have some common themes in terms of like we want to find tools that streamline things for our teams. We both think that transparency is important, but yeah, your approach, Alex, is more like let's get a single tool to take care of us for us, and I'm more of the fucking approach of just like let's just use a quick Google Doc to align people. And uh, but I think they both work in different circumstances. We talked a bit about when it's important to kind of build these processes, and I think we both agree that it's more around the lens of how senior how senior your teammates are and also how many teams you're working with, engineering teams, and not necessarily a function of how big your product team is. But anyway, there are a lot of tools. There are going to be more tools. There are going to be more AI tools that are going to be helping us. Everyone should, if you have, if, if you're listening to this and you come across good AI tools, please let us know. We'd be interested in trying it out. Um, and that concludes this episode. Thanks all for listening. Alex, great talking with you again. We'll make it more regular this, this time moving forward. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody.